We are in part three of our series, the book of Daniel. Book of Daniel, we'll be going chapter by chapter. And so guess what chapter we're doing today? Chapter three. <laughs> chapter three. If you missed any part of our series, the great thing about technology is that you can just go on YouTube and watch back Daniel 1, Daniel 2. Today we're at Daniel 3. In this whole series, the book of Daniel, really the first seven chapters of the book of Daniel is, is about the history, the history of Israel when Israel wasn't in Israel anymore. They'd, they'd been um, defeated by the Babylonians and they'd been taken into captivity from their lands and been transported to a new foreign land uh, where they have foreign belief system. And so now they found themselves, Daniel and his friends, like, how do, how do we navigate in a society that is so different to us, that believes something that is so opposite to what we believe, that, that's pushing us, and it's so easy to be pushed along to what everyone else is believing? And it's a really, it's, this book of Daniel is really a story of, of believers everywhere, and every, every, whichever society we found ourselves throughout a millennia, we found ourselves in a society that kept pushing against what we believe in. How do we navigate? How do we, how do we stand firm and love well in a society that's pushing against what God has caused us to stand for. How do we do that? And the book of Daniel talks about this. And you know what? Um, when we think about the pressures we face as believers in Aotearoa, in, in New Zealand here, uh, we're kind of like on the lower end compared to other countries. Like, what I mean by that is sometimes the greatest pressures that some of us feel is when we go out to eat in public and we're about to eat our meal and we're like, I really should say grace right now. But you're looking around and you think, oh, do I, do I say it out loud or have one eye open and just pray, bumble really quick? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for food. Amen. And eat, you know. And we feel this kind of pressure, right? And like, should I eat really loud? Or, um, or maybe you're out of a group of friends and you've got that one guy who likes to pray really, really loud. They go, come on, guys, let's pray for our meal. And you're sitting in the middle of the cave and say, I just want to eat my chicken. Okay, can we just... And, 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 and you might have one friend that says, hey, let's, let's do the Superman prayer. You know the Superman prayer? Come on, let's all stand. Thank you, Lord, for giving us food. Thank you, Lord, for giving us food. And like, and everyone's in KFC going, yeah, look, you know, I'm like, come on, can we just eat our chicken? Let's just think. Thank you. Or, or, or sometimes you're with that, that guy. I don't know. My personal, my personal one that I don't like the most is, is, the, is the hand holder. Okay. I mean, if I'm in your house and you pray holding hands, okay, that's cool. I'm respecting you. But if I'm out in public and then the guy holds, he grabs my hand, he grabs the guy next to him, come on, guys. Let us, let us pray for our meal. Let's hold hands in, in the middle of KFC. And I'm like, you know, I love Jesus, but I don't love you that much, so uh, I ain't holding your hand, okay? I'll just lead her. Let's just pray and let's eat for our food. But, you know, that's kind of like the, the lower end, and, and we still feel pressure, right, about, about stand, uh, standing up for our faith. But then there's the other end of the scale, which is a lot more severe, right, where in other countries, in other countries where, where being a Christian means that you can be put into jail. Being a Christian can mean your life. Right? And, and we have no idea what those are like. We have so much freedoms here and, and we don't realize that. But we still have pressure. We have pressure on our, work, on our workforce. We, have pressure. we still have pressure. We're still, we're still there. How do we navigate through all of that? How do we love well and stand firm in a society that's pushing against us, that, that believes in something that's so different to what we believe in? And this is what the book of Daniel, this is what the series is all about. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Daniel chapter 3. Here we go. Verse 1. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image. Everyone say image. Yeah. Image. It's the Hebrew word salam. Salam. This Hebrew word salam. Uh, this word salam means statue. It could also mean idol. Right? And it's the same word that, that God used when he created humanity in the garden. 
in Genesis chapter 1, that God created man in his own salem, in his own idol, in his own statue, his own image, this word image. What's the purpose of an image? The purpose of an image is to take you captive. Did you know that? The purpose of an image is to take you captive. If you're into advertisement, you know all about this. The purpose of, if you're good at advertising, then you're going to create an image. We're going to take people captive. They, they won't take their eyes off it. And that's the purpose of an image, right? We've got to be, we've got to be really, really careful. We've got to really be careful with, um, with, with what image takes, takes us away from what we're supposed to do. We've got to be careful when we're on social media. We can get captivated by what's there, TikTok. Anyone know, has anybody been captivated by TikTok? I'm just going to have a look at a, one TikTok. An hour later, you're still there. You're captivated. You're held there. We gotta be really, really. Gotta be, I'm not saying it to me. Okay, no, no judge. Don't judge. No judgment here. Or whatever it is for you, social media. We gotta be really careful for the internet. Internet is full of information. Full of information. Right? You need wisdom. Honestly, you need a lot of wisdom when going through that information. Because you go, you know, I did my research, did my studies, but there's lots of information. But we need wisdom to go through that. We gotta be careful because some of the stuff that we're looking at it will hold our attention and take us captive. Right, and we can be, and it can take us, take us to a place of being really fearful. We need wisdom, and other images will take us captive. And the enemy's really sly to bring their message, to bring a message system through to us to say, "Oh, it's okay, it's harmless, it's harmless." And 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 we think, "Oh, well, what we're looking at, it's okay. Oh, it's just a female body. You know, I'm just admiring God's creation, right, right, and and uh, and that's okay. I'm not touching." Right? We've got to be careful. The, the enemy just draws us. Actually, it is not okay. In fact, Jesus said it's not okay. Right? And then, or, or, or maybe you, you um, or, or maybe for you, it's, it's, uh, you see something and you go, I've just got to have that. that. Those shoes will go well with my outfit. I've got a shirt. I've got a dress. Or whatever it is for you. Not that I have a dress. Uh, I've got something. If that all goes, those shoes would just make it. You know? You, you ever, anybody had those impulses before? You see something? Captivate you? Right? Or maybe it's a device. I just gotta have that device. I just gotta I just gotta have that I just gotta have that phone. Wait, wait, didn't you just buy a new phone last year? Yeah, but this is a new model. I just got this is a new model. This is the iPhone two hundred and two. I've just gotta have the new model. Don't look at my device, please. Yeah. Whatever it is, I've just gotta have that car. I've got to have that car, you know, just whatever. We've got to be careful. The purpose of an image is to take you captive. We've got to be careful. The enemy will just, and you know, there's, and there's millions of people finding themselves in debt, living beyond their means because they've been, by, by, been captured by an image. That's the purpose of an image, to take you captive. We've got to be careful. What's taking, what's taking you captive? You know, the Bible says take captive every thought and submit it before Christ. That's what the Bible tells us. Right? The purpose of an image is to take you captive. And we haven't even gone through verse 1 yet. Okay, here we go. Here we go, verse, verse 1, back to verse 1. Don't, don't worry, we'll get, we'll get through it a bit quicker. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide. And we all know how big a cubit is, right? <laughs> Just get your measuring cup and there's a cubit. No, no. So basically, it's 27 meters high by 3 meters wide. So this is a huge image. Huge image. Set up on the plain of Dura, the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the advisors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the other. All the, I'm, I'm glad that you said all the other, and then start listing them more. And all the other provi- uh, uh, provincial of- officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. Right? 
And this image is made of gold, pure gold. This whole image. And when you're, when you're listening, when you're looking at this, you're thinking to yourself, in your mind, what should be, thinking, what should be going through your mind is, is um, well, this is what I want us as a church and as a congregation, I want us to see patterns in the Bible that should draw your attention to other stories in the Bible. That when we see something, we see what God is doing elsewhere. And this is the purpose. The Bible is, is, a, med- is meditation literature. As, as we begin to read, all of a sudden, the Bible is full of hyperlinks. It takes you back to this story. But this story should take you back to Daniel chapter 2. What happened in Daniel chapter 2? Right? King Nebuchadnezzar, he had a dream of a what? Of an image. Right? Of this image. And, and the image, image was, was a picture of all the different kingdoms of the world. And it was, and had different, made of different materials and different material uh, represented all the different kingdoms that would come after this kingdom, after that kingdom. And Nebuchadnezzar, he was the head. What was the head made out of? Gold. And Daniel said, Nebuchadnezzar, you are the head made out of gold. So what do we find in Daniel chapter 3? Nebuchadnezzar, he has a dream about an image, so what does he do? He creates an image. But this time, it's all made out of gold. Okay. I'm not just making the head out of the gold. The whole thing is going to be me. The whole thing is me. And, this, and our mind is taking us back to Daniel chapter 2, and now he goes ahead and goes, you know what, I'll just create, I'll just make an image of me. And here we go, <laughs> verse 3. So all the other uh, provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. They stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, nations and peoples of every language. Nations and people of every language. This is what you are commanded to do. It's really interesting because the, the image that he had a dream of was a, represented nations. It represented nations. Nations that were coming after another nation. It rep- represented the nations of the world. So now he's, he's proclaiming nations of the world. Nations of every language. This is what you're commanded to do as soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music. You must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And and straight away you're thinking, this is Daniel chapter 2 again. This is an inversion of it. Because remember chapter 2. At the end of chapter 2, what happened after Daniel had, had interpreted the dream to King Nebuchadnezzar. What does ne- King Nebuchadnezzar do? He be- the Bible tells us that he prostrates before Daniel. He worships Daniel for the interpretation of the dream. He worships Daniel. And, and he's worshiping Daniel because Daniel represented the God who interpreted the dream for him. And he worships it. So now he, inv- he, he inverses it in chapter 3. He creates the image and it's all of me. And now he's created, now he's asked all the nations to come and worship him. It's an inversion of this, and, and this is what your mind is going through. You know, old habits die hard, and this is this picture that the Bible is in. This is the, these design patterns that are in the Bible. It's, it's beautiful, and, and if, you, if you read it and begin, and begin to take note of it, I love the Old Testament. I love the Old Testament, uh, and, I, and I just encourage you, just read the Old Testament, get into it, get into it, and you see all these design patterns pointing to Jesus. It, it's just beautiful. And then let's go to verse, verse 6. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. Oh, that's a, that's a nice king, right? Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the music, all the music, all the nations and peoples of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. And it's going, hey, King Nebuchadnezzar, I don't, I don't know if you notice, though not everyone is bowing down to this image that you set up, right? Verse 12, but there are some Jews whom you have set 
over the affairs of the province of Babylon. Shake the bed, make the bed, and in the bed you go. <laughs> if you were here, if you listen to part one, I, I, there's a little poem that I kind of learned to help me remember their names, right? And it's basically, shake the bed, make the bed, and in the bed you go. Which is kind of weird, after you made the bed, why are you jumping in the bed? But anyway, so Shadrach, Meshach, and in the bed you go. Oh, sorry, Abednego. <laughs> shake the bed, Shadrach, make the bed. Anyway, Meshach, in the... let's get back to the Word of God. <laughs> Design patterns. Design... Anyway. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your God, your gods, nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. See, these guys are like, we're not bowing. We're not bowing to this image. Here's the thing. What are you bowing to? Because everyone is bowing to something. We just got to be careful. It's really important that we're bowing to the right thing. Ask yourself, you got to be careful. Where are you putting all your time? Where are you putting all your attention, your affections, and all your, re- uh, your resources to? Where is that all going? It's important. It's really important to know what you are worshiping, right? It's important to know what is it that you are worshiping. And I'll, Nebuchadnezzar, on hearing this, he reacts like how the world reacts. We live in such a toxic society. I don't know if you noticed. Back in the days, right? Remember back in the days? If, you, if we disagree with one another, okay, that's okay. I, I don't believe in what you believe in. That's okay. Well, let's continue to love with each other. Let's, let's agree to disagree. T- t- today's society, it's, it's not like that anymore. If you don't believe in what I believe in, then I don't just dislike you. I hate you. I hate you. You don't believe. What do you mean? You don't believe. And people, and, and which is crazy when you think about today, the world is all about tolerance. You hear this? Tolerance. We want to be tolerant about every people group. Tolerant about every single group and, and whatever. We want to be tolerant. Ironically, the world is not tolerant towards Christians. We're tolerant about everything, but we're not tolerant towards you. You don't believe in what we believe, then we hate you. You, what, you don't believe in that? Well, I hate you for doing that. I was like, whoa, where did, I thought it's, it's no longer, it's okay. Oh, well, you don't believe in oh, Okay, well, let's love each other anyway and, and let's work together. No, I hate you and you are my enemy. Have you ever felt that when you're out there and go, oh, what? tell me your opinion. Oh, this is what I think. Oh, I hate you. How dare you have that opinion? Oh, my goodness. You know, oh, oh, we, we can't be friends anymore. And that's crazy. Crazy, crazy. And, and this is how King Nebuchadnezzar reacts. He's furious and he gets mad, just like how the world gets mad. Verse 13, furious with rage. Anybody being furious with rage? Don't put your hand up. Okay. Nebuchadnezzar summoned, shake the bed, make the bed, and in the bed you go. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true? Shake the bed, make the bed, and in the bed you go. Is it true that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear all the music, when you hear the music, if you're ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But, oh, there's always a but, isn't there? Oh, sometimes we put our Big butt in the way. Sometimes we need to move our big butts out of the way. But if you do not, but if you do not, <laughs> you know, we, you will be confronted uh, in situations when you feel the pressure of to conform, right? You were all put in places where, where you might be where everyone at, at your work, where everyone in the office are going for after work drinks. 
everyone's going, and, 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 and you know where that's going to lead. And you go, well, I don't actually want to do that, but you got this pressure. It was like, if I don't go, then I might be ostracized by my, everyone else. I might not be liked. I might be seen as a weirdo. Or, or maybe you find yourself in an intimate position with somebody, but this person wants to take it a little bit further. And, and you're stuck. You think, hey, I don't want to do this. Right? Or, or you're, in your, you're at work and someone tells a joke and you're like, I shouldn't join in. I should, not, I should say something because that joke is inappropriate. You want to say something, but you don't. And, and, and we find ourselves in pressures. We're like, I love God. I love Jesus. I want to follow him, but I just don't know what to do. We find ourselves in a dilemma. We find ourselves in a dilemma. And this is exactly where Daniel and his friends make the bed, check the bed, in the bed, you go find themselves. And so we, let's continue. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing fire. And that's a lot of our fears. We're going to find ourselves in the fire. I mean, not literally, but in the fire. Fire, the, the fire targets of someone at work or whatever. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? See, standing firm takes courage. Standing firm takes courage. See, courage is not that guy that has no fear. You know that's called. The, you know that's called to have no fear like that. It's called stupidity, right? Courage is that person who might still have their fears, but they're not going to bow to it. I've still got fears, but I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to let it over. And this is what we sung. The song, I'm no longer a slave to fear. That's not going to control me anymore. I'm not going to bow to that anymore. I'm going to stand despite my fears. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stand despite my fears. I'm going to continue to stand. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves. We do not need to defend ourselves before you in this manner. See, standing firm takes faith, right? It takes faith. You've got to know what you stand for. Do you know what you stand for? You know, the, I see a lot of Christians who don't know what to stand for. And the reason why they don't know what to stand for is because a lot of Christians don't read the Word of God anymore, right? The Word of God, it, it's truth, absolute truth. It doesn't move. Society we live in, live in it's not absolute. Truth is not absolute. It changes. If every generation there's a new truth, it changes. And if we do not, but the Word of God never changes. And when, you, when you're able to have your foundation in the Word of God, then you know what you stand for. Yeah. I encourage you, if you're not reading your Bible, get into your Bible. But just, just, just start reading. You, here's the thing. People think, oh, the problem is I don't understand. You don't have to understand. It's, it's meditation. It means you just keep reading and keep reading and just meditate on it. It's not like I've got to know everything it says. You know, we have this idea, well, I don't know. Therefore, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading it wrong. Maybe I'm not like them. He seems to read it and he has clarity. And, and maybe I'll, I just, I'll don't read it like him. Maybe there's something wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. You're fine. You're like everyone else. Just keep reading and meditate on it. And let the Word of God speak to you. And that's the Word of God. You know, so do you know what you are standing for? I remember when I, um, it was my 21st. And my family, you know, especially if you're part of a Pacific Island family, they, they love celebrating 21st big shindigs and things like that. They wanted to put one on, but at, after the 21st, they wanted to do a party, right? And, and you know, and we know what those are. Those are like the ongoing drink-ups, celebrations, and all those. It all comes with it, the yard glass and everything. And, um, and I said to my family, look, you know what? 
Thank, great, look, you can do it. You can have a party, but I'm, I'm not going to be there. I'm not going to be there. You guys do it. Look, I'm going to honor you. I'm, I want to honor you, my family. You're putting on my 21st, but that's not my world anymore. That used to be my world, but it's not my world anymore. Uh, and, uh, and I made a stand. In fact, uh, I did my 21st and everything, and then when I got into the next part, I said, man, hey, guys, have a great time. Great time. Um, but I, I told my world I'm going to go, and I went with my community of friends from church, and we went to the movies. Here's the thing, though. As a young fella, you see every movie that comes out. But we went there. There was only one movie we hadn't seen. We watched that for my 21st. Do you know what movie that was? It was James and the Giant Peach. <laughs> but here's the thing. It, it's the counterculture, right? It's the counterculture. Like, the culture says this. You have your 21st, you have a big drink up, you have the yard glass, that's part of tradition. Counterculture say, actually, that's not my world anymore, and I'm, I'm making a stand. I'm not judging you. I'm just making a stand. That's not, just not, it's just not me. It's not me anymore. And I'm just going to celebrate with friends. I'm going to watch some funny movie called James and the Giant Peach and, and Stop Motion Puppets. But it was, uh, it was incredible. <laughs> but here's the thing. You know, when you take a stand, something inside of you has got to stir, right? That, will, that stir inside of you. That I'm going to make a stand when society is saying, no, you need to do this. No, you need to do this. And go, well, no, I don't. But I'm just going to stand. Because courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is standing firm in spite of my fear, right? Courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is standing firm in spite of my fear. Verse 17. If we are thrown into the, the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want, to, we want you to know your majesty. I, I love this because when you read the narrative of Daniel, the whole thing, when they stand firm for their, for their faith, they do it with such courtesy and respect. You know, it breaks my heart. I see some Christians, they use, their, use the Bible as an excuse to be mean. Oh, you don't believe in what we believe? believe? Well, you can go to hell. Uh, I don't care if you go to hell. I'm right, you're wrong. Ha, 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 ha. You know, I'm going to stand up. And they, and, and they use the word to be nasty to people. Well, the Bible says this, and this is what's going to happen. We don't read this. When you, you don't see anything like that in the Bible. That's foreign to the Bible. That is so foreign to the Bible. The Bible is like this. It's like they stand firm, but with courtesy and respect, with love. Like when I see to my family, oh, man, you guys go. That's awesome. I didn't say, oh, you heathens. You're going to drink. You're going to hell, you heathens. I'm going to go with the holy ones, and we're going to watch James and the Giant Peach. You know? Because we're holy. We're holier than that. Well, nothing like that. It was like, I'm going to honor you guys, man. You do that. Because that's okay. Because, you know, some, some Christians, they don't go, oh, man, that, that, that's you, but for me. This is, what, this is what I believe. This is what I'm standing on. This is, this, is my, this is what God has laid on my heart. I'm going to do that. I'm not going to judge you. If you do that, man, you, man, you go for it. I, I love you regardless. But this is who I am. This is me. Whoa. Okay, anyway. <laughs> I just felt like, you, know, you ever feel like life is a musical? Yeah. Anyway, music just come to my head. And uh, anyway, my wife said, Ange, just stick to the point. Where were we? Here we go. Your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. See, courage takes faith, right? It's focused on what, it's not focused on what we're against. Your faith is not focused on what we're against. Being a Christian is not standing for what we're against. I'm against that. See, we do not want to be a church known for what we stand against. That's not in the Bible. That's not biblical. When you read the stories, and, and you can come to me and talk to me, I can show you scripture after scripture after scripture. And, I, and I'll say, well, can you show me scripture after scripture after scripture? 
That is not in the Bible. It's not, we're not known for what we stand against. Daniel was not known for what he stood against. They were known for what they stood for. We want to be a church that, to be known for what we stand for. We stand for God. We stand for the Word of God. This is who we stand for. This is who I stand for. Like, great, you guys are going to have a drink up after this, man. All good. But I'm stand, this is what I believe. This is what I'm standing for. Courtesy and courage. Truth and grace. Truth and grace. Verse 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of his strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them in the blazing fire. It was so hot that these soldiers who threw them in died. You've got to be careful of our rage, that in our rage we hurt the people around us and that you don't even care. He, had, he didn't even care about his soldiers dying. Verse 24, then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement. And he asked his advisors, weren't there three men that were tied up and, and threw in the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth one looks like Jesus. The fourth one looks like the son of the gods. Looks like the angel of Yahweh. The fourth one, there's someone else in there. You need to understand something. When you find yourself in the fire, you are not standing alone. Because Jesus is standing right with you. When you, when, you, when you stand for your faith and you feel like you're in the fire, you are not standing alone. Someone is standing with you. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, check the bed, make the bed, eh? in the bed you go. Servants of the Most High God. I'm a believer now. Oh, man, I'm giving my heart to Jesus. Your God is awesome. Your God is awesome. Come out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego came out of the fire. Then all the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They have never seen anything like this. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their heads singed. Their robes not scorched. There was no smell of fire on them. I love this. When you, take a, when you take a stand for your faith, you can take a stand for your faith right where you are, in your workplace, in your place of education, in your families. You can, stand, you, you can make a stand right where you are. God doesn't call you out of that situation. God doesn't put you in some com community isolated from the world. He puts you right in there. He said, come on, will you stand for me? Will you stand for me? Right where, you, where, right where I placed you. And when you stand with me, I will stand with you. And although you're in the fire, I'm with you. And let me tell you something. When you get through this, you're not going to smell like the society around you. There's no smell of smoke. You're not going to smell like you're going you're gonna to have my scent on you. This is what you're going to have. See, standing firm inspires others. When you stand firm, you inspire those around you. I remember we had this guy in my high school. He stood for his faith as a believer in, in school. We gave him a lot of stick. I gave him a lot of stick. Have you ever given someone, someone stick because they're a Christian? This guy, he stood for his faith. You know what, what I what was about? This guy was so lovely. He was so nice. No matter what we did, he was always nice. Always, there was a smile. He never said, oh, I don't care, you bunch of heathens. I don't care, you're all going out. But no, he stood 
and he kept loving us. He inspired me. Because you know what? When I looked at him, I said to myself, man, if he can get out of this toxic culture, then maybe I can. Maybe I can too. Maybe that's me. Maybe I can too. I'm telling you, there are people surrounding you. You might feel like you're on the fire, but there are people looking to you, giving them hope. They're not going to look at you if you start cursing and yelling out, oh, I don't care. But if you come with grace and truth, they go, wow, we've given them so much, but they continue to come with grace and truth. There's something different about this person. There's something different about you. There's, some, there's, there's a smell about you, an anointing. They don't smell like the rest of the world. They don't smell of the fire. They smell of grace. And you're probably wondering, in the story, where Daniel is. You ever wonder where Daniel was? Where's Daniel in the story? Well, I'm going to tell you where Daniel is, and this is going to be really profound. If you've got notes, write this down. Daniel went off to get chips. Hot chips. Okay, no, that's not heaven. Okay, sorry. I just wrote that down. It's permanent now. Ah, you wrecked my notes. Okay. Here's the thing, the Bible is a design pattern. In chapters 1 to 7, it's the history of, of Israel. And what you will notice is that chapters 1, chapter 1, chapter 3, and chapter 6, they're parallels of one another. Chapter 1, chapter 3, they're parallels. It's, it's, they're about a test, a test of being loyal to Yahweh, loyal to God, to loyalty to God. Remember chapter 1? It was about, chapter 1 was about standing firm, um, not eating the forbidden food. I'm not going to eat the forbidden food. Chapter 3, I'm not going to bow down to the image. Chapter 6 is about Daniel not praying, praying to the false gods, but I'm going to pray to Yahweh. He ends up being cast into the lion's den. And as you, as you begin to notice on, the, on the, three, the three stories, chapter 1, what do we find? It's Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Chapter 3, there's no Daniel. Where's Daniel in the story? It's just Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then you get to chapter 6. And it's just Daniel by yourself, himself. And you can ask this question, what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Well, the point of the story, the, this design pattern where you've got the, got, you got the community of friends, then you've just got the mates, then you've just got Daniel by himself. It's a picture of like, it's a picture of how do we stand firm? How do we stand firm within a community of believers? How do we stand firm when it's just me and my mates? How do I stand firm when I'm by myself? And it's the same. It doesn't change. You can switch yourself out. And this is the story. Verse 28. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. I'm a Christian now. I'm a follower of Yahweh. They trusted in him and defiled the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather, rather than serve or worship any gods except their own God. Therefore, I decree that the people of any language or uh, of any nations or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be cut into pieces. Okay, he's saved, but he's still got a lot of work. There's still grace on his life, right? He's just, start, you know, it's like when someone gives their heart to Jesus. Oh, I love the effing Lord. He is effing great. You know, right? there's still grace, right? When we, when we come to Jesus, we come warts and all. But grace, he loves you, he loves you so much that we give a heart to him, but he loves you too much for you to stay the same. And, here's, and, and this, this, this is where we find him. We go, oh, come on, we'll cut them into pieces. We'll burn down their houses. For no other God saves in this way than king, the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Benigo in the province of Babylon. They got promoted. They thought they'd get demoted, but they were promoted. So what does this mean all mean for us? 
It means you have a choice in society. You can either be an echo or you can be a voice. You can be an echo. You can just resound what everyone else is saying about you or you can stand firm on what God says about you. God has called you to be an original, not a copy. Right? You're born to be an original, not a copy. There's so much in the Bible about standing. So much in the Bible and standing. If you do nothing else, will you stand for God? Will you stand for God? Do you know why you should? Because He stood for you. He loved you so much. The book of Hebrews says that Jesus, that God binds Himself with flesh and He steps into creation and in the fullness of the cross, He died for your sins. He stood for you. He made himself no reputation. For Hebrews says that for the joy set before him, when he saw the cross, for the joy set before him. You know what was his joy when he went to the cross? It was you. Jesus stood for you. See, I proudly stand for Jesus. I'm proud to say I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. And I'm proud to say that the word of God is true. And it's my foundation. Take a stand. Take a stand. Courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is standing firm in spite of my fear. You know, when you read the Bible, New Testament, verses after verses after verses, Jesus is always sitting at the right hand of God. Right? Always sitting, right hand of God. Psalms, Psalms 2, sitting at the right hand of God. Right there, New Testament, sitting at the right hand of God. Colossians 3, verse 1. Since then, you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on the things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God for you. He's with them. He's, he's interceding on your behalf, talking about you and me. But there, are, there are, but there are times in the Bible where Jesus does stand. There was a guy in the book of Acts. His name was Stephen. Have you heard of Stephen? Stephen was the first martyr. He was the first person to die for his faith. He reason why he died for his faith is because he couldn't stop speaking about Jesus. He just couldn't stop speaking. And when they're saying that you can't do that anymore, he kept speaking. He kept speaking. He was still polite. And they, and they started to stone him. They tied him to a pole and they piled stones on him until they couldn't see anymore. Acts chapter 7 verse 55 says this, But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing, not sitting, but standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said. I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing. Standing at the right hand of God. You know what? No matter what you go through, when you find yourself in the fire, Jesus is standing right with you. When you stand, He stands. Isn't that amazing? that you're able to do something here on earth that affects the heavenly? Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, that you're able to do something here that affects the spiritual world, that when you stand, Jesus stands with you. He stands. He stands. When you feel like you're in the fire, when you feel like everything around you is pushing against you, making you compromise your standard, He says, I will stand with you. And you know what? You're not going to get a smell of this world on you. You're not going to smell like the fire that you're in the middle of, but you're going to smell like the anointing of heaven. 
And when you stand in truth and grace, people will follow. People will follow. Because you stand and you stood with love. Come on. Courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is standing firm in spite of my fear.